Hey everyone, welcome to episode one of First Generation, a podcast for the first generation Asian American, Canadian, Australian, you name it. Just basically anyone who's the first generation to have been born or raised in another country. In episode zero last week, I shared a bit about my background and how I moved from New York to Hong Kong in 2020. So if you didn't listen to that yet, go ahead and give it a listen. And this week, I'm interviewing a really good friend of mine, Anita. She's one of my closest friends that I met here in Hong Kong. And we also happened to move to Hong Kong right around the same time, about a week apart. Not only do we work together, but we also pretty much do everything together in Hong Kong. And today, we'll talk about what it's like to move here, our reasons for the move, um, how is it so far working at a Chinese tech company, and then, of course, some of the guilt that we feel towards our immigrant parents and family back home for being so far away. And side note, I'm really sorry for all the laughing. After this first episode, I've learned not to laugh into the mic, so it won't happen again. All right, so how do we meet? I... Remember we started our jobs about a week apart, um, but do you remember the exact moment when we spoke to each other for the first time? Okay, from what I remember, this was my first week, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure, and we had a meeting, and to be honest, I had no Mm -hmm. idea what the fuck this meeting was for. For Mm -hmm. like my first three weeks, I was just going to meetings, not knowing what the actual (laughs) purpose of them was. So this was a meeting, do we... Yeah, say, user like, team. Do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was the meeting between my team, which is design team, and then your team, which yeah. is the product managers. Mm-hmm. And we sat next to each other. Yeah. To be fair, we also didn't really have an agenda. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't the only one going, what are we going to talk about? But you, I think you messaged me and you were like, you needed the link to the oh, Zoom the I think Zoom I said it to you like when we were in the room. I was like, oh, what's the Zoom link? And then you yeah. sent it to me. But I would never message you beforehand because I was shy. Aww. But um, I think you asked, you talked to me. I first. forced you into our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I think you were like, oh, like you're new too, right? Yeah. And then we did our introductions. Yeah. And then you didn't you... remember that one question I asked you? I was like, do you have friends here? Yes, I remember that yeah. specifically. Yeah. And you said like, no. Yeah. And, and I was then... like, ah, okay, that's the criteria for me to ask her <laughs> to be my friend. Because, you know, like, if you have already, like, family or friends here, then I'd feel like, oh, okay, maybe you don't want to add mm-hmm. a new friend to your portfolio. Yeah. I don't know. So that's why I asked you that first. And then once you told me you had no friends in Hong Kong, I'm like, okay, let's hang out. If I had said yes, would you have been like, oh, never mind? I don't know what I would have said, but I probably, because I was so new to Hong Kong, I was just kind of like, I need to make friends. Mm. So I would have probably said, asked you either way to, what, what, what do we do? Exchange WhatsApp? Oh my God. I think so. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Where is that level of energy now? (laughs) (laughs) We like don't make friends. I mean, what was the last friend you made in Hong Kong? Oh, I think I made all my friends within the first three months. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same. We're, I mean, our friends are the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then, so we became friends at work. Yes. And then we went to our friend's birthday party. Well, like, she invited us to a birthday party, mm-hmm. and it was her friend's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Who we did not know. Who we did and not know. And I also know. thought this was very bizarre yeah. when she invited us. Because I was like, uh-huh. your friend is okay with you bringing oh. two strangers. Yeah, and yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. 
like yeah. everybody's welcome. I know. Yeah. And I remember like you were super energetic. Like at this <laughs> point, we only knew each other for maybe a week, yeah. right? And I remember like I was like, okay, I have to put on my face, I have to be ready, you know. And then when we got to we had dinner before. When we got to the dinner place, I'm like, oh damn, she's like, you were really talkative. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh my god, if I'm gonna hang out with her for the rest of my time in Hong Kong. I'm gonna like. What if she's like super extroverted mm-hmm. and she's gonna zap the energy out of me? Mm-hmm. Literally, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. Some at some point in the night, when you and I kept going up to the bartender to get water because mm-hmm. we were so like we cared so much about our hydration. At that point, I was like, ah, she's not as extroverted yeah. as she. And now came we know. <laughs> now we know. Yeah. Now we are self-proclaimed introverts yeah but i also thought the same of you so it's like yeah. we both catfished each other or mm-hmm. we thought we oh my god you catfished me yeah mm-hmm. and the water thing it wasn't really because i cared about hydration mm. it was just that you have i have to was... go hike the next day mm, sort of yeah a little bit of that but also i was just so like uncomfortable uh-huh i mean not like super uncomfortable but i was like oh. uncomfortable socially where i was like oh, i so need, need to something. have like a drink oh, but yeah, i didn't yeah, want to yeah. drink like alcohol yeah, too yeah. much otherwise i'd be messy yeah yeah and then and then what then i asked you if you had a place to live oh yes you said no and then i'm like oh you should come to weave which is Mm -hmm. this co-living place in hong kong and i already signed for it so Mm -hmm. then i think i was thinking from the perspective of like okay well you need a place and then i need if i'm gonna be in a co-living place i need like another person to Mm -hmm. go to events with you know yeah so i'm not like walking in alone and like yeah. Being awkward. And the thing is, I had heard of Weave before you mentioned it to yeah. me. Because I think um, our HR lady, she, like, sent out a list to everybody of places you could yeah. live. And I, like, took a look at the website. I read their whole, like, what they're about, like, community and, like, meeting people. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not doing this shit. Because <laughs> I was like, there's no... I'm I just don't need community in Hong Kong. in my room the whole time. So I was like, I'm not going to be brave enough. Yeah. But then when I heard that, like, you were living there. I was yeah. like, okay, then I'll have Someone, somebody to yeah. go to events with. Yeah. Which ended up being the case yeah. whenever we would, in the beginning, mm-hmm. go down to the third floor, which is the common area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> meet before yeah it was so honestly thinking back we would text each other well whatsapp each other mm-hmm. in our rooms and we're like are you going down yet <laughs> we're like eta please and your eta is like two minutes so i would wait an extra minute in my room before mm-hmm. i would go downstairs yeah. and then we'd meet at the elevator and like then enter the room yeah but then once we realized we were both really bad with time management, yeah. then I was like, no, I need to meet her like on her floor yeah. so we can enter the yeah. third floor together. Yeah. If yeah. any employers are listening to this, I'm very good with time management. <laughs> I'm very outgoing. Um, and yes, it professionally, professionally, yes. But this was personal. So uh, yeah, so that's how we met. Yeah, I do think we're a lot closer than mm. I initially anticipated oh. we would be. Yeah. Um, both in the sense of like I thought you were too extroverted for me until oh we found out we were both introverts. Yeah. And also Which is when? Oh. Like what did I do that you're like, ooh, this this girl's actually an introvert? I think probably I don't remember the specific mm. like instance, but the first time where there was like a social thing and you were like, Do uh. you really wanna go? I don't really wanna go. And then I was like, <laughs> oh my god, same. You know what else we also bonded over? What? Being poor. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, not being, too. like, not that we're poor now, which, you know, I mean, we're working, but, like... like growing our, up Yeah, growing poor. up poor, yeah. yeah. I remember, it, like, we were in 
the Uber. No, we were in a Lala move. <laughs> oh, were we? I thought we were at the Tatanhin. Oh, yeah. So we were at a local restaurant mm-hmm. in Hong Kong um, getting lunch before we went to Ikea to, to mm-hmm. buy stuff because we just moved in. And you... I feel like I said something about how I used to never leave food in restaurants because (laughs) I would feel bad Uh about, like, leaving even a grain of rice. But then, like, in Hong Kong, the portions are so big, like, I can never finish it. Yeah. And then that's how we were like, oh, my God, you're poor. Were you poor? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that is so weird. I, I remember that moment when we... Yeah, it just felt like, oh, okay, I can talk to you about more stuff then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, obviously, because you, I knew you were, uh, like, you moved from Shenzhen to Canada mm-hmm. when you were five. Mm-hmm. And so then I pieced together, like, oh, okay, so she's also first generation. Mm-hmm. She doesn't come from money. Uh, not that that's a bad thing, right? But I was just like, oh, okay, me too. So I felt like maybe we would have more stuff to talk about now. Because otherwise, you don't really... Like, at least I don't. I wouldn't really open up about certain things if I didn't also feel like you would just innately get it. Yeah. Yeah. And not even just talking about, like, problems you have, but just, like, social things. Like, our one friend who... (laughs) I don't even know if he's rich, but Uh he acts like he's rich. (laughs) And every time we, like, Mm. eat out together, he'll order the most expensive things on yeah. the menu mm-hmm. and then like me with my like built-in like money saving yeah instincts I'm be like, worried oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and then but I, I i like i guess in a really weird way because i knew you grew up poor as well mm-hmm. i would feel like i could ask this one friend to not go to a really expensive restaurant yes, right because yeah. i know you would back me up and you'd be like yeah, yeah. can we go to something with like two dollar signs yeah. or and less? i was like <laughs> less ashamed to like look at the prices on mm. the menu and say if something was too expensive yeah. because i knew feel me i got you <laughs> so okay now we've been here for a year do you feel like this year like i guess did you have any expectations before you came to hong kong um <clears throat> Because you didn't want to come to Hong Kong. (laughs) You just wanted to go to Shenzhen. Yes. Okay, do I go into my whole explanation? Yeah. I was born in Shenzhen, China, Mm -hmm. but I didn't stay there very long. Um, I first moved to Chengdu, Sichuan, and then I moved to... You Wait, you lived in Chengdu? Oh, wait, no, let me me start, let me start, let me start. I got it wrong. Okay, so I was born in Shenzhen, China, and then I moved to Beijing, and then I moved to Chengdu, and then I moved back to Beijing. And then when I was five, oh my, my family immigrated to Canada. And then even once we got to Canada, we like moved around a shit ton, but it was always around um, Toronto. Mm. So I grew up in Toronto, and then I went to university there as mm-hmm. well. I studied design. Ooh. And then I graduated university in 2020. Mm-hmm. And then right after I graduated, I got the job offer for our company in mm-hmm. Hong Kong. And then mm-hmm. October of 2020, I moved here. Hmm. Yes. So you wanted to go to Shenzhen because you were born there. Yes. To kind of like try it out. Did, did you ever live there before? Um, After you left, of course. No. So I only, I think I only stayed there for like a year before mm. we moved to Beijing. And then afterwards, I only went back once, um, two years ago, just like with my family to visit for a few days. Mm-hmm. So I'm also, I don't know why I feel so attached to that city, but yeah. I suspect it's partially because my mom like really romanticizes mm. 
the mm-hmm. idea of the city. Like whenever mm-hmm. um, I was younger and we were in Canada, she'd talk about, especially during the winter, she'd be like, oh, it's so fucking cold here. <laughs> it's so nice in Shenzhen. It's like summer all year round. Mm-hmm. She'd talk about like, oh, there's so much food there because it's like mm-hmm. a mixture of all the different cuisines in China. So mm-hmm. I definitely think it was because my mom always really hyped it mm-hmm. up. So I was like... Yeah. And you also watch some, like, Chinese dramas, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I I don't know about you, because I did. Mm -hmm. I I do. And because of that, I think sometimes I do have, like, romanticized ideas of what living in China would be like. And I've always wanted to try it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe it's that, too. Mm -hmm. I feel like the Chinese dramas wasn't um, as part of it as for me. Because Uh I I watched Chinese dramas, like, later on after I already was, like, set mm. on traveling mm. um but how i ended up in hong kong mm. i guess this starts actually before i even graduated yeah so it was my final semester of university and i remember specifically i had a few classmates that had just come back from studying abroad mm. like germany and some people who did internships abroad i remember mm. there was this um, one guy I knew that like did an internship in Japan and I was like, oh, oh that's so, so cool. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like getting FOMO at uh... this point. So it was always in like my life plan to mm-hmm. live abroad. But I think it was this FOMO that I got from my classmates that actually mm-hmm. pushed me to do something. Mm-hmm. So at that point I was like, okay, I need to yeah. do something adventurous. Mm-hmm. So I decided to take an extra um, semester the summer semester so that I could study abroad. So I didn't have credits mm. to graduate, but I was like, I just want to go for the experience. Mm-hmm. So I the program that I was originally going to do was this user design research program mm-hmm. at this university in Shanghai. So that program got <clears throat> canceled because of COVID. So then I was like, okay, if I can't study abroad, then I'll just get an internship abroad. Mm. So then I started applying to a few internships in Asia. Well, that's a lie, not a few, a shit ton of internships. <laughs> but though I remember the one company that I got the farthest with was this design agency that was also in Shanghai. Mm. And then I got to like the final round and they were like, oh, we really like you, but because it's only an internship and because of COVID, it's it'll not be really it. hard to get you a work visa. Mm. So then I was like, okay, if I can't do an internship abroad, I'll just get a full-time job so it like it really escalated. escalated yeah 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 and then that's when I started applying to full-time jobs mm. and that's how I found our company mm. and then I remember at that point I was interviewing with a few companies but ours gave me the offer first and since I fucking hate interviewing mm-hmm. unless you're a prospective employer in which case I love interviews I work well <laughs> under pressure but if you're not, uh-huh. then it makes me shit my pants. So I was just like, yeah, I'll take it. Like, yeah, I guess I'll go to Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it still fit my criteria of like, oh, I want to live in Asia. But I admit at the time, my mm. perception of Hong Kong was like, I didn't feel any sort of connection to it like mm. I did for China. Yeah. Um, and then there was the whole political unrest issue. So mm. I think a lot of people were not looking at it as like mm-hmm. a, a viable option yeah exactly and i also thought it was just really crowded and expensive to yeah live here. yeah but turned out a lot better than i thought hmm. i sort of had a similar experience i mean obviously there's a bunch of other stuff uh that led me to want to um live abroad for some time but i also was only thinking of mainland china for the mm-hmm. longest time and i think that was because i studied abroad in shanghai 
my my sophomore year of college and it was just amazing and like i've never been to china before that like mm-hmm. i've never been on a plane <laughs> until i was 19 <laughs> yeah, until i was 19 um to go study abroad so for me it was kind of like the nostalgia of like, oh my first time traveling and being in such a different environment and then so i i guess in a way being a couple years out of college at that point i wanted to recreate that mm-hmm. or you know, um, have a different version of that now that I'm more of a working adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I also remember vaguely when people were to ask me, because I told some of my friends that I wanted to do this, and like work in mainland China eventually. And then they were like, oh, like not Hong Kong. And I remember my res- initial response was like, no, Hong Kong is a cultural desert. <laughs> I know, which is so offensive. I don't think that anymore. And it's, it's weird because actually I grew up as you know, watching like Hong Kong dramas mm. and uh, movies and listening to their music. So I don't know why I felt like it was a cultural desert, but I think it, it's because Hong Kong actually feels more familiar, right? Because it's Western and Eastern at the same time, mm. where Shanghai felt just like more exotic. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I guess in that way, I felt like I wouldn't be getting the same experience if I went to Hong Kong because I could get by here if I just speak plain English, mm-hmm. right? Um, obviously, I don't, but, like, I could. And so I guess I wanted the challenge of... I mean, I'm sure you can still kind of get by in Shanghai with English, but it's a little bit more challenging. I don't know how it is now. It's been, like, seven years since I've gone. But, yeah, I guess in, in a way we both ended up here because <laughs> it was the <laughs> easiest, most viable option. Yeah. I um, also don't know how you interviewed for those companies in mainland China. Like, did they whatsapp uh sorry wechat you uh the one in shanghai we did zoom I'm oh pretty sure. but that's afterwards, normal um mm-hmm. when they were like oh sorry we can't take you the guy gave me his contact info and he gave me his wechat which it's, i uh, thought was so bizarre yeah. but apparently it's like it's normal the norm. yeah. yeah oh okay do you remember that bizarre what uh wechat story i told you about during when I interviewed oh my gosh okay so I was interviewing for a couple of mainland Chinese um companies and one person reached out to me on LinkedIn message Mm -hmm. and she wrote in complete Chinese Mm -hmm. simplified Chinese and I can read it so I so I felt like okay that's a test (laughs) to see if you respond in (laughs) English or Chinese (laughs) yeah so I responded in um in Chinese and I said yeah I would love to connect blah 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 and then two days later I get a random WeChat message and the icon of that WeChat, of the person who sent me the message is like, you can't see her face. Mm-hmm. It's just oh, is it the back a picture of, her head? Yeah, of oh. her, the back of her head. Yeah. And she had like this dark uh, black bob. So I literally <laughs> was so scared. I was like, what is this horror movie icon? <laughs> um, and so I immediately blocked her. Mm-hmm. And then I went to dinner and thought about it more. I was like telling a friend about it. The more I thought about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, what if that's the person who reached out to me mm-hmm. on LinkedIn? And it turns out she was. So then I unblocked her and she was like, hey, I couldn't find you earlier on WeChat. I don't know why. And I'm like, oh, I don't know why either. <laughs> um, but yeah, it didn't work out because uh, I realized my Mandarin is not nearly good enough um, mm-hmm. for me to comfortably work and like, it, it just changes your focus if the entire time you're trying to speak really good Mandarin. Mm-hmm. And for everyone out there listening, I'm actually really good at Chinese, but I'm Cantonese. <laughs> so that's a problem. Like, I can read and write, but I can't, like, when you're speaking really fast, especially if you're, you know, at a, in a work environment, we're talking about, like, tech. 
I don't know how easily I would have been able to explain what I how I thought about like technical concepts mm-hmm. in Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then I just gave up, and here I am in Hong Kong. That's funny yeah. because a lot of people in our company are going through that exact same thing where they have what to explain mean? technical concepts in a language that's not oh, their primary language. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I. That's also really fascinating. So basically, at our current company, it is um, all the work in Hong Kong is done in English, right? So all our meetings are in English, which obviously benefits you and I, mm-hmm. and the other expats. And then everyone else, so the locals, actually have to speak in English in meetings as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's why, uh, just to acknowledge it, right? Like why we feel very comfortable in work settings. Um, like just giving our opinions and doing mm-hmm. presentations. At least for me, I'm like never nervous doing a presentation here because I, can, I can just like open my mouth. And, mm, you call <laughs> I mean, it like I can English be, privilege. Yeah, yeah, English privilege. It's definitely real. Like, I mean, of course I'll prepare, but like you know, because it's your native language, you don't have to do as much preparation. Whereas I think other you know coworkers. Where English isn't their first language, it really requires a lot of time. Yeah, and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I wanted to be able to soak in the culture, and I mean, it's not like I refuse to learn Chinese, right? Like I, I do know Chinese, um, mm-hmm. but I didn't want the stress. I didn't want the language factor to be the main thing. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the reason why I wanted to come here. So, but yeah, actually, Hong Kong turned out to be really great. Um, and at least for me, I, I do have the Cantonese privilege too of being in Hong Kong, right? Like because I speak Cantonese, I can sometimes speak to the developers or like to design. And actually, Ch- Cantonese is my first language, so be able to, to be able to use that at work is like wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't I don't think we I don't know if we'll have that opportunity back home after this, but. Yeah, I mean, for you, it doesn't even count (laughs) because you're Mandarin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but uh, you get to speak with our... So we do have some engineers that we work with in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. But I feel like for me, it's a bit different from your experience because I don't speak Mandarin as fluently as Mm. you speak Cantonese. I speak what I call home Mandarin, Uh, which is just like... I ate. Yes, you can just say, what's for dinner? (laughs) What are we doing tomorrow? Yes, I ate rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I... Even when I know how to respond, this isn't even just in work, but like in Mm. general when I'm interacting with people that I don't know, I'm like careful as Mm -hmm. to whether I will respond in English or Mandarin even if I know how to respond I always think about will this conversation continue further because if it will I'm screwed yeah (laughs) because if I can answer this one question in Mandarin Mm. then it's like okay fine but then if they continue they're like oh she speaks Mandarin and they continue asking questions oh my gosh then I'm like okay I'm fucked yeah yeah that actually has happened to me so because remember recently we've been working a lot more with the Shanghai and Shenzhen Mm. team so and for some features, I would, like, because initially I got really excited to be able to use Chinese, right? So mm-hmm. I was, like, typing in Chinese whenever they asked me questions, but then totally screwed me over because once they realized, like, wow, Jen actually, like, you know, can really type in <laughs> Chinese. I think after that, whenever we had meetings, they would speak to me in full-blown, super-fast mm-hmm. Mandarin, and 
I was screwed. I was like, wait, can can you say that again? <laughs> I, I didn't catch like mm-hmm. 30% of what you just said. Um, and the 30% really matters, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to like technical details. So what about you? Oh, you, I've definitely been humbled. Because <laughs> oh. I think back home, the only opportunity I ever had to speak Mandarin home? was at home. Mm-hmm. And like my whole Mandarin suffices. Mm-hmm. But I remember in <laughs> what, like- just gonna ask the engineers, what did you eat today? <laughs> Are you full? <laughs> what are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> but I remember, um, I think this was my first refinement. Um, mm. So on my resume, <laughs> I put that I speak Mandarin, but uh-huh. conversational. And during uh-huh. like the interview process, I really like, oh, yes. drove in the conversational aspect mm-hmm. of it. So mm-hmm. whenever they ask me, oh, do you speak? I'm like, yes, but like it's not like professional level at yeah. all. But I'm guessing like communication might have mm. been like not passed along because a designer higher up than me um she was like supervising me the first um few months that I started and she arranged for me to have my first refinement meeting which which was with a tech Mm. team in Shenzhen and then like 30 minutes before the meeting she goes oh by the way it's going to be a Mandarin oh my god so somebody must have told her that I speak speak like great Mandarin yeah Mm -hmm. so but then I was like freaking the fuck out because then as I was trying to rehearse what I was going to say I realized I don't know any uh, of the technical terms yeah so I spent the 30 minutes before the meeting like google translating <laughs> had to say like icon button, button back arrow <laughs> I learned that remember we learned it to annual mm-hmm. and icon is tubiao mm-hmm. yeah and then mm-hmm. I like wrote myself a script in pinging oh my god! and then gosh. once I got to the meeting I like delivered you my shined. script yeah, it, it went fine. Like um, the PMs and her were both like, "Yeah, you did yeah. okay." Like, yeah, you did okay. <laughs> he said it did good. <laughs> but then I think she saw like how freaked out I was, so mm. they never put me in that position ever mm, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that we've been here for a year, what's your mom's reaction when you oh. call? Whenever you do call, because I know you don't call very often. Hey, I do. <laughs> I try to call. Okay, okay. I do call mm. once a week. Okay. Yeah. Whether or not How she picks up. How often do you call, Jen? <laughs> um, okay, there was a period of time where I was calling, like, at least once a week. Mm. And then I think my mom just forgot about me. <laughs> so there was, like, one month where we just, like, went by not messaging each other, not oh calling. God. Yeah, but what I tell myself is that, like, she has my younger brother and my mm-hmm. younger sister to worry about. So she's probably just more doing that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Okay, so what does your mom tell you now when you call home? Okay, I'm going to preface this Mm. by saying... So my parents are divorced, Mm. and my mom never remarried. Yeah. So growing up, I always lived with just my mom and Mm. my brother. So when I came to Hong Kong, I definitely felt guilty about leaving her in Canada. And, like, the weird thing is, I always knew this was going to be an issue growing Mm. up. Like, even when I was in like high school university i would Mm. think like oh the one day that i do move out i'm like i wonder how my mom is gonna Mm. take it Mm -hmm. um but when i first came i think i she handled it pretty well because two things i told her i was only gonna stay for a year (laughs) and because she still had my brother with her Mm. so that's also she handled it well because of that and i also like subsided my guilt yeah because of that Mm -hmm. but like the longer that I stay here we're well past our one year yeah (laughs) the longer that I stay here and like when I call my mom now Mm. it's always like the question of oh when are you gonna 
come back. Mm-hmm. And I told you the last time that I called her, she told me that my brother is also considering like moving out to a different city now. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. this problem that I'd always thought about when I was in high school, university yeah. is like so much bigger now. Yeah. <sighs> I know. I I think your mom was probably more accepting of like you coming here because mm-hmm. you specifically told her it's going to be a year. Yeah. And I think she kind of saw it as like, yeah, my baby girl's like getting a job and everything. Yeah. So she didn't feel like you were going too far yes maybe i also think that she thinks i'm a Mm. pussy (laughs) which is true like Uh coming to hong kong was pretty like big um yes big and like out of character for me Mm. like i when i was younger and we would like go to mcdonald's and i'd be like i want an ice cream cone and she'd be like okay but you have to go order it yourself like i'll give you money you go order it i'd be like oh my god that's so anxiety inducing what i don't know why even like Uh, now like that was kind of fucked up uh, of me where i was like i don't want to go up and ask mm. in my perfectly fine english i want my immigrant mother Mm. who like has an accent to go and get me this (laughs) yeah you horrible person (laughs) but she like I'm like that in other aspects of my life, too. Where I'm just, like, really, like, shy, really mm. worried about everything. So I mm. think she suspected I would come here, I would be miserable. You would hate it and yes. then move back immediately. <laughs> and then I would Into go back her home. arms. Yeah. Yeah. But that wasn't the case. Yeah. So I guess she is scared now that I will never go back home. <laughs> Which I oh don't even gosh. think is the case. I mean, yeah. I definitely don't plan right. on staying in Hong Kong forever. Yeah. 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 Of course. Man, my mom's... Okay, so my my situation is flipped. My mom, when I first told her that I'm coming here, she was just like, oh, that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) I remember we were specifically, like, it was 20... I still remember 2019 winter, sometime in winter. We were at this, like, Korean hot pot place in Mm -hmm. K-Town. And I was like, mom, I... You know, I, I think at the time I was telling her, I was a couple years out of college, and she knew that... I had a hard time adjusting in my first job, but okay, it was like I switched jobs to American Express, everything was like on the upswing, and then I randomly dropped, by the way, I want to go live in mainland China for some time and like work there. So she felt like, oh, this is just one of her like random thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know, that she's telling me about because we have a really good relationship. And so she never like brought it up ever again. And I never brought it up ever again until I had the solid plan. Mm-hmm. And by then, I've already gotten the job. Or I was in the interview process, I think, nearing the end. And I told her about it. And she was like, you could immediately tell her. It was over the phone. She was sad mm-hmm. and like in disbelief. But it made me feel two things. It made me feel like really guilty and really sad. Mm-hmm. But it also made me feel like this is so unfair. Like, mm. why do I have to feel guilty for being a, at the time, like a 25, 26-year-old trying to just, like, live abroad for a little bit, you know? I mean, okay, now my preface is that I'm the oldest of three. And for her, she always thought that, like, you know, because I'm the oldest, and I'm significantly older than my younger siblings. Like, we are, me and my sister are six years apart, and then me and my brother are 13 years apart. So I'm, like, in some way, my younger brother is, like, half mom. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she always saw me as like an extension of her, um, like the whole, you have to take care of your siblings kind of thing. And which like, on one hand, I completely understand, but on the other hand, I'm always like, 
it feels kind of emotionally restricting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was fine when I didn't want to, when I, it, it would have been fine if I just wanted to stay in New York, mm-hmm. but because I just had this like nagging voice that's like, oh, you, but you want to try something else for a little bit of time. It felt like unfair for even that to be like not okay for her. Yeah. But now she, I feel like we've worked through all of that um, in conversation, some of which were just like, me calling home and then telling her like I don't like it when you tell me that <laughs> and so now she's like no I completely support you like you do whatever you want to do you come home when you're ready so it's the complete opposite but so why do you think your mom or our moms right um had like well my mom initially had that feeling and then I think your mom is increasingly getting that feeling now my mom needs to talk to your mom <laughs> Oh my god, we can hook them up together. <laughs> they can have Zoom calls. Yeah. yeah, but like why like where do you think that stems from? Mm, as to why they want us to stay in mm, the nest. Yeah. Like be near them cuz I mean I wasn't even living with my mom mm-hmm. at that point. Um, but yeah, like why do you think your mom feels that way? I think for her it's just how she's built her life to be mm. to be centered around her children because mm. i remember growing up like her friends would also ask her like oh are you gonna <clears throat> get remarried like are you interested in like seeing anybody mm. and she would always say like oh no like i'm happy with just like my kids mm. so i guess for her she never considered us mm. abandoning her. <laughs> that sounds so bad when i say it like that yeah you but abandoned yeah. her i guess no, she you just didn't. got comfortable with you know getting her happiness from Mm. her kids yeah Yeah. i feel like that's a really big that's a really common problem for a lot of parents Mm -hmm. and then well i'm not a parent so i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i i from what i've seen it is a common problem and especially more for i think for immigrant parents because Mm -hmm. if you think about it they came to canada or america Mm -hmm. with like nothing right and so in a way, like, they're always in survival mode of, like, uh, I have to, you know, learn English mm-hmm. or, like, I have to make enough money for my kids. Mm-hmm. And so I think in some way, like, there's not a lot of stuff, other things to kind of create their own identity around. Mm-hmm. Like, their identity becomes us, mm-hmm. like, their kids. And also becomes, like, how do I make sure my kids have more opportunities in the future in this country? So then it's, like, part of it is because they kind of center a lot of who they are around their kids like Mm -hmm. we are their identity if we make it in the u.s or in canada like that's a reflection of them and Mm -hmm. their efforts right um at least that's like literally what my mom has told me Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean she hasn't she didn't use those words she's like my identity is you Mm -hmm. she never said that but you can tell right um so i think part of it is that so now that we are gone i mean I think it is a little harder for your mom because if you and your brother aren't there, Mm -hmm. she is an empty nester. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, I still have my younger brother at home. Mm. So, thank gosh. (laughs) Thank gosh. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, yeah. When I, like, moved out here, I was like, oh, thank God. I left before him. I stayed first. (laughs) Which is, like, such a shitty thing to think. But yeah. um, on that topic of, like the empty nest syndrome for immigrant Mm. parents specifically did Mm. your mom ever depend on you to oh my god read oh my god government (laughs) documents (laughs) yes 
I mean, I feel like everyone who's listening who had immigrant parents are like, yes. <laughs> like, I think my mom gave me this document about social security. <laughs> no, I mean, at that point, I couldn't even read it. Because, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, no, I read everything. I think, okay, your mom, I don't think your mom has this problem, but my mom, I taught her how to write checks. Ooh. Yeah, I taught her how to write checks because initially I needed to do it. Mm-hmm. And then over time, I was like, Mom, you you need to know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just because her written English is not very good. right? Mm-hmm. So I totally understand. Um, but I think one of the reasons why she was also afraid of me coming, she literally, I was like, why are you so, like, why are you reacting like this? And she's like, well, what if I need something? Yes. And I was like, like what? And yeah. she's like, like, to pay off, you know, like, whenever, um, like, she always pays her credit card p- bill um, at the store. Wait, what store? <laughs> like, if she has an Old Navy credit card, uh-huh. she would bring cash oh my to God. Old Navy that's and so be precious. like, oh, my God, that's so sad. <laughs> no, that's so cute. To, like, pay it off. And uh, that way she doesn't have to write the check or yeah. bother me. And she, at the time, I never, like, taught her how to like open an account online Mm -hmm. and you know pay it online but then i was like okay so that's what you're concerned about Mm -hmm. i'm gonna open all of your accounts online i'll keep all the credentials i'll set everything to auto pay and then you don't have to worry about it ever again you even booked your mom some covid vaccination while you were here oh my god yeah (laughs) wow Yeah. yeah anyway so you asked that question because you had to do that right um not on the same level as you but i was wondering if maybe your mom because she was used to relying on you for Mm. things in the beginning even if she in years hasn't asked you to like help you with anything help her with anything does she still have that fear of like oh if jen's not here who's going to help me with this oh my gosh absolutely there's a saying i told you about earlier Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna say it again and i'm gonna butcher the mandarin again but again i speak cantonese all right (laughs) in cantonese it's and then in Mandarin, it's yang er fang lao. Mm. Okay, so it directly translates to raising a child is an insurance for old age. It sounds a lot harsher than what it actually means. It just means like this traditional idea that your child will grow up to support their parents. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the more traditional sense, it's also specifically for the son, you have the obligation of living with your parents and taking care of them. Mm. But I do think, like, at least from my immigrant mom, when I was growing up, she did have this idea that I would be physically there or her kids will be physically there near her. And yeah, I think just physically there. I didn't think my mom needed me, wanted me to have the financial burden of taking care of her. Mm, But she did think like, yeah, my kids are never moving outside of New York. (laughs) Like that never. Mm -hmm. I don't think that ever she ever thought about that. Until me, because I'm the oldest. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm wondering if you feel like part of that is why your mom is feeling this way as well. I'm not sure. Because my mom has never been super traditionally Mm. Chinese. Like, she never like said to me or even implied that when I get older, I have to support her. Mm. Yeah, I think it goes back to how we've lived together um Hmm. like as just us three i think she's just gotten used to it to to the point where she expects it to be like that yeah yeah the same thing with you like i don't think Hmm. she expected me to like 
live with her forever, but just within the same yeah. city. Right. Like yeah. you'll pop by for dinner, yes. you know, every yeah. two weeks or something. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to what you said earlier about how you felt like two different emotions. It mm. was like guilt, but also like thinking that this isn't fair. Mm-hmm. So like I felt the same thing because I'm like, yeah, I would love to live in the same city as you and like come by for dinner. Um, and I feel like it's universal like everybody wants to care for their parents Mm -hmm. but for a lot of people the guilt doesn't really kick in until their parents are old Mm. whereas for us it's it's like like, day one yeah it's like you're still (laughs) like walking you're still working (laughs) yeah you're still playing mahjong like you're feeding everyone function fine but it's just like emotionally they need us yes yes yeah and i think you've mentioned this before that you're closer to your mom Mm -hmm. right then maybe I don't know about your brother, but I think like you know you and your mom have that like mother daughter connection, right? Oh, yeah. Like you're I'm her the baby girl. Child. I will say that outright. <laughs> My mom has told me that I'm the favorite child. She <laughs> denies it. Would but... you like to address your brother? <laughs> I've never told my brother this because you know I'm nice. I, don't want I to hope feel. he listens to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I still remember I was like ten years old. Mm. My mom was like, "I like you better than your brother." Like, <gasps> okay, maybe yeah. she didn't say it like that, but. I've tried to get this out of my mom mm-hmm. as well. And I've asked her, okay, I've like re, um, I've bent the question in many different ways. I'm like, who's your favorite child? She's mm-hmm. like, I don't have a favorite. I love all of you the same. Yeah. I'm like, okay, but if you have to have like a conversation, like who do you enjoy having conversations uh-huh. with the most? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think I like, also <laughs> like bent the question till she was like, yeah, yeah you. you. Yeah. And she was like, you, but all this time my, bro- my sister was like 10. <laughs> My brother is like four. Like, of course, she's gonna enjoy talking. <laughs> <Talk to him. laughs> uh, but yeah, because you and your mom have that connection, like, mm-hmm. I think it's natural for her to feel like you will stay. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're gone, mm-hmm. I think, may have more of an impact. Yeah, that feeling of unfairness is not like it's not that you don't want to take care of your parents. Yeah, but it's it's like this feeling of why do I have to worry about that? when you are completely fine functioning and you don't actually need me to be in your vicinity. Yeah. Like if something were to actually happen to her, I definitely yeah. like go back in a mm-hmm. heartbeat. But I'm just like looking at mm. our other friends who are here mm-hmm. who like yes. call home like once a month or something. Yeah, and then and, and even and that's like wow, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 I'm just like this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it took me a while to even feel that second emotion of like this is unfair because mm. for a long time i just felt the guilt yeah where i was like oh i really owe this to my mom like, mm. she raised me i should be there for her mm-hmm. until i was like actually i don't ever think that there will be a right or wrong mm. right like if someone were to tell me that they also want to make a life change it doesn't have to be moved to hong kong or you know move mm-hmm. anywhere but if they want to make a life change and, you know, let's say their parents, their immigrant parents aren't feeling, it's like against what they think is normal. Mm-hmm. Um, just know that there is always going to be this constant negotiation, mm-hmm. like between what you want and what your parents think is okay. So even now, like, I don't think you and I have concrete ideas of like, yeah, mom, I'm going to come home at this time. Yeah. Right. But it's like the acknowledgement that you just made of, oh, I feel guilty and I understand why I feel guilty, but I don't have to feel this way. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the key because otherwise it will just be like, oh, I'm a horrible person for yeah. moving abroad for ha- like 
for a year or two years. Um, oh, a funny thing is my mom has literally told me. So now, remember I, I told you that my mom is now supportive of me? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but she has told me not to tell my sister to spread these thoughts to her. <laughs> like I'm a freaking virus. <laughs> like don't spread the thought of leaving leaving oh. and like yeah and i'm like why would why <laughs> she's like i want you to come back and tell her you had a terrible time <laughs> so i'm like oh okay well my sister's gonna have to fight her own fights do you think this means that she hasn't actually like accepted mm. her children leaving and she's more just like jennifer is a lost cause but like i'll keep <laughs> holding these two um i feel like a little bit of both mm. i think because I'm the oldest, she had to confront the issue with me first. Mm-hmm. But she's going to have to do that again with my sister mm-hmm. whenever she has her own equivalent of, you know, charting her own waters and going somewhere that maybe my mom doesn't want her to go to initially. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to have to do that with my brother. But I do think that now she's going to be more, I think the hope is like more understanding mm-hmm. of my sister and my brother when they do it. So... They're lucky. You paved the way. I paved the way. (laughs) But I do think in her mind, maybe she does think like, ah, like Jen is just the kind of person who needs something like this. Mm. Okay, another thing I learned is that, so you know this new, apparently this new phrase that you learned? Yes. (laughs) New term. Filial piety. Yes. Mm. So for those who don't know what filial piety, piety, piety? I'm not sure. (laughs) I think it's piety. All right, we'll go with that. But what if you don't know what it is, it means honoring your parents, respecting your parents. Mm. It sounds really weird, but it's just this idea that you should show respect and mm. take care of your parents, especially when they're old. Um, and what I've just learned is that the Chinese, when you write the Chinese character, so the first, the top half of it is also the top half of the word old. Mm-hmm. And then the lower half of this word in Chinese is the character for sun. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, if the top is old and the bottom is sun, it's the sun supporting mm-hmm. the old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess the daughters don't have to do it. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say, I'm not a son, so... Can <laughs> I not uh, feel guilty? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Leave that to your brother. <laughs> Give the guilt to your brother. But yeah, so... This, I think that's a really cool way of envisioning it. So the idea that the young are supposed to support the older generation. Mm -hmm. But I think part of it is, obviously, you can interpret, you know, what is respect, right? Like, respect for me wouldn't be, if my mom says something that didn't make sense, I don't think it's respectful to, like, not say anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you should say something. But of course, that's not a very traditional interpretation of it. Um, But I think that's tied to the whole, uh, you know, having kids because it's you want someone to take care of you when you're older. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think both of our moms don't subscribe to the very traditional version of it, Mm -hmm. of course. But there is still, you know, part of that is ingrained in, I think, Chinese culture. This just this idea that, yeah, like if anything happens, I need my kids with me. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the more westernized or at least Americanized way of thinking about it is like, if I were a parent, I need to make sure my retirement accounts are uh, hefty enough mm-hmm. to support myself mm-hmm. in retirement so that my kids can just live their own lives. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know if one day you become a parent? Mm-hmm. Well, how you would want your kids to feel. I think, especially because 
of the experiences that we've gone through, I mm. would want to not do what my mom did yeah. and not have my child feel burdened by my existence. Mm. I mean, of course, like, respect me, but mm-hmm. like, I think you raise a child so that they can become their own person, mm. not so they can take care of you in yeah. your old age. Yeah. 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 I, I totally agree. I have the same way of interpreting it. I wouldn't want my kids to feel the way that I feel. Not saying that our our, our moms are not doing a good job. Yeah, I think they I don't are. Think this is like the worst thing. Yeah. Can, no, yeah. it's definitely not. But I, I think, you know, I would explicitly tell them that like, not that I'm going to kick you out when you're 18, but that, you know, you can like the reason why I brought you into this world is so that you can, like you said, become your own person and like you can go and do whatever you want to do when you're older, as long as it's like, you know, moral and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I think it's also, I wouldn't want, I would want to make sure that my identity isn't built off of my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a privilege, but I definitely would want to make sure I maintain my health and have my own identity outside of my kids because. I think otherwise it would make you really sad too. So yeah. Oh, there was this quote that I came across recently and it came from this Asian American food blogger who recently became a mom to twins. And so in one of her Instagram posts, she said, I want you to need me like this forever, but I also want your dreams to take you to amazing places. And I remember thinking of you because you told me about your recent conversation with your mom. Mm -hmm. And I also thought about myself because this is what I think our moms actually want for us. Mm -hmm. But they just don't have never said it. They express it as when you're coming home. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I think like, of course, selfishly, right? Like they do want us nearby Mm -hmm. uh, because they're humans too. And they have their own desires, right? For how we want to live our lives. But I think ultimately the bottom line is they want you to be happy and they just maybe don't realize what makes you happy until you tell them. But yeah, I do think our parents want us to have dreams, right? It's just that maybe they thought our dreams was working in corporate America for 30 years. (laughs) I don't know. Like I said, for anyone who's contemplating whether to do the, the thing that you've been wanting to do, I don't know what the answer is. Obviously, I'm going to say... Uh, after you've like weighed all the pros and cons and you know you can you can financially do it and it's not Mm -hmm. gonna like physically hurt anyone like Mm -hmm. I think do it but I also understand it's a very difficult decision to make and I think in our cases it's part of it is at least because we are first generation uh Chinese Canadian do you say Chinese Canadian no what do you guys call yourselves I mean depends on where I am if I'm in Canada, I'm just Chinese. If I'm in China, I'm just Canadian. <laughs> wow, that's a whole different episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, Chinese... Okay, so I guess as first-generation Canadian or American with immigrant parents, you naturally will have some a harder time with certain decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, it's valid for our families to want us to be nearby, but it's also valid for us to, like have our own things that we want to do um and you'll just have to kind of figure out like the the push and pull and the constant negotiation with those two types of feelings like the guilt on one hand Mm -hmm. and then the this is unfair for me to feel guilty about this um but yeah thanks for coming on and being my guinea pig and i 
we'll talk to everyone else in a week maybe in a week yeah in a week (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you thank you bye